Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they want to talk about that week. This week, I am joined by two guests, which is my first time having two guests, and I'm very excited. It is Rocky Lane and Sarah Swafford. Rocky Lane, who uses he, him pronouns, and Sarah Swafford, who uses she, her pronouns, run an entertainment and lifestyle YouTube channel called Swirl Baby TV. The goal of Swirl Baby TV is to share their unconventional love story, educate their community on trans cis relationships, and give a glimpse into the challenges and triumphs that exist in the LGBTQPIA plus life. They are both dedicated community advocates who provide beauty and wellness services to all people and all bodies at a body positive mirrorless fitness studio in Austin, Texas called Autonomy Movement. Outside of YouTube, you can catch up with Rocky and Sarah on their website, Instagram, and Facebook. Hello! Ah! (laughs) How are y'all? You did so good. We're great. How are you? Good. Thank you. Listen, you wrote it so beautifully. It's just, you know, I just, I just read what the people give me. Good job, honey. Thank y'all so much for coming. I am so excited that you're my first duo, like, guests. This is, like, so fun. Um, I'm trying to think when we first met. I remember meeting y'all in passing at Out Youth's Second Chance Prom 2018. You were both in like that red outfit you were wearing. Yeah, yeah, I had the dress with the flowers and you had the white tuxedo jacket. Oh, I remember vividly. (laughs) That was the first time I had ever met you. And I was like, I'm going to find them again. (laughs) We're going to be friends. Um, And then I think just all of us being out doing all the things and we've like crossed paths a bunch of times. So I'm very excited. And here we are. Yay. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. I'm gonna like cry about this. I'm I, I was telling someone last night, um, they're asking, like, do you track your analytics? I'm like, no, I come from the privileged place of I put out a podcast that allows me to talk to different people every week and hopefully someone hears it and it touches them. Um, but I'm also like maybe sometimes no one listens and it's just me <laughs> talking to the ether, which is also fine. Maybe in the future the kids will find this and like, you know what? People had to record conversations. So that's where my yeah, brain is right At now. the very least, it's a really good, like, uh, diary, like, audio diary. Right? And, like, the connections we get to meet, make, and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, through some of the listening that I've done, it's almost like an archive of, of who's who and, uh, well, at least locally. 
you've had some heavy hitters. And now that you have us, you know, you peaked. Yeah, it's (laughs) complete. I mean, hello, that was the point. I was like, you know what? Midway through the, almost midway through the year, let's just swing for the fences here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so tell me a little bit more about you. Like, let's get into this. Like, how'd you meet? How'd you get to Austin? Give me all the, tell the the people all the things before we get into your topic. Well, I feel like I always start. So I want, I really want you to start. Oh, you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. So Rocky, as far as how do we get to Austin? So Rocky was uh, pretty much like raised here most of his life from like two years old. Right? Or were you born here? Yeah. I'm sorry. I always get confused. No, I wasn't born here. No. No. I was born in Texas, but not here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then you've been mostly in Austin since you were like two ish. Yeah, I think I think we moved here like like probably like three ish. Three ish. Yeah. Okay. Well, my mom says that she's like back and forth. Yeah, but it's a long, long time. Mostly, ago. mostly Austin <laughs> with a little bit of Houston. Exactly. Yeah. I, I spent summers in Houston with my grandma. Yeah. That's right. And then I was born and raised in Arkansas, and I've been in Austin now for. I always get my dates mixed up, but like 14 years, like since 2006, since summer, summer 2006. So yeah, Austin definitely has become home. Yeah. Yeah. We love it here. We love the community. And, uh, and then how we met was actually really crazy. We had lots of times in our life where we lived in the same places. So I've mostly lived in Austin um, since 2006, I had a brief stint of living in Dallas. We won't talk about that worst year of my life, (laughs) but, uh, but mostly I've been in Austin, but there, but before that, uh, like I said, I lived in Northwest Arkansas and Rocky actually lived in Northwest Arkansas too, around that same time. We did not know each other. And then, um, I moved here. He moved back to Austin and because of, uh, the internet, okay, Cupid, <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> because of because of the internet and mutual friends, we met. Yeah. And uh, and became inseparable pretty much since the day we met. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's 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 in a nutshell our story. I think. Good job. That was, yeah. That like that hit all the points. I you think. too. Uh, you give me hope. <laughs> that one day like finding someone won't be this difficult that's a different episode people we are not getting into dating today but <laughs> just to be clear we had a lot of shitty dates on okay Cupid oh, before we met okay yes so it yes. wasn't all sunshine and rainbows <laughs> we were so both wait, about ready to give up on okay Cupid and then how we long met. have y'all been together then Ooh, oh six- we just celebrated six years together yeah six years together yeah yeah, March twenty fifth. Uh huh. Of two thousand fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> math, math. We don't yeah. need it. <laughs> We're not math experts. <laughs> I love that. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we had a specific topic you wanted to talk about today. If we just wanted to chat and see where it takes us, but I am open and was excited to be here with the two of you. Oh, we're excited um, let's too. See. We did come up with a few things we that we thought we could talk about, but um, yes, we are also thinking it's just kind of an open chat. But I do have notes. Um, <laughs> I see. I see is, the notes. There is um, notes. Are sorry about the the beep. There you're is notes fine. Are that, uh, talking about 
some her career and some mm-hmm. things. And my notes are uh, about us talking about adoption and yeah. family building stuff. Okay, well then let's start with y'all's coaching and careers. Because Rocky, okay. this note about you having stage fright. I'm really interested in talking about Yeah, that. yeah. Talk about that, Rocky. Talk oh, about well, that. That was the answer to the question here. Who are you and how do you identify? No, no. It was the, oh, no. something you want something people to know about you know. that, that yeah. you don't often get to share. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I find that funny. I mean, especially since you just won an award at the HRC Austin uh, event earlier this year. Shameless plug for my friend. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I think back, like, when you first found out you were winning and you and we were messaging each other and you're like, I need help. I need to prepare a speech. You're like, you're going to be fine. I feel like you do a lot of public speaking and you're like, it's going to be different. And so your speech was beautiful. I thought you were just so fun and personable. And it was probably, it was my favorite moment of the night, honestly. So Aww, I want to talk thank about you. that. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And thank you so much for helping me. Um, I think this is something that people find very surprising and also not something they think of when they ask me to do things like this. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of a well-known fact, I think. Um, I've been performing in Austin as a singer and a musician since the early uh, 2010s, uh, like, tw- what was it, 2014, 2013. Uh, no, actually, oh, earlier than that, 2007, 2007-ish was like when I kind of started oh, performing yeah, that's uh, right. fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And even then, all of my best friends that I was working with at the time and that were in my band were having to dr- just drag me kicking and screaming uh, onto the stage. And we played like the Red Eyed Flight, like we played like Red River District. And it was like, it was just a bunch of trash bands just making a lot of noise. It wasn't even that serious, but every time like uh just really like i got like we got this thing called we call bubble guts like <laughs> we have bubble tummy yeah we just have like really like I sensitive have bellies belly. we have and anxious so, tummy also i was like deeply deeply closeted trans person so it was like i'm like wearing a suit in a bar downtown on red river Got my, I'm scared to death to do any performance. My heart's racing. I really have to use the restroom or like vomit or something crazy. Like I just feel like totally like awful. And everyone's just like, come on, you can do it. You're great. You can do it. And that's always what happens to me. And this HRC gala is just another example of that. <laughs> yeah, because you got on that stage and you were just like, I feel like it was like your Oscars. Like you just walked out like the people <laughs> all there to see you. And then, like, your speech was funny and, like, also, like, super moving. And I was like, who is this? This is not the same person. I was like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, hello. So. Yeah, he fakes it really well. He, he's always, <laughs> like, he gets so nervous. And even before we do stuff like this, like, his personality is so different. Like, re- like five minutes, ten minutes before we were about to talk to you, he's, like, stressed and, like, you know, tweaking with everything. Like, is the level going to be right? Is the sound going to be good? Am I going to do a good job? And then we like get on here with you and he's like, Hey, <laughs> how are you today? Oh, this is so nice. Yes, I am so relaxed. Yes, I'm just like, okay. you are so, it's so funny. But yeah, he's like, once he has to actually dive into something, like the second he steps foot on stage, it just all melts away. I, I always tell him, I think that's the sign of a good performer. Like, if you're nervous before, that's good because you want to do a good it job. Means you care, you, yeah, yeah, it means you care. But then the fact that you like somehow 
like dig deep and overcome those really big nerves. And then when you do walk out on stage or you do get on a call or whatever, you're just like, okay, I'm going to give it my all and just like fucking blow it out of the park and be a total rock star. And no one will ever know that I'm nervous. Like that's a good performer, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely like a coping mechanism that I use. Like also just because like, I think because I have such a weird history, it's like different levels of anxiety, right? Like I have like a lot of history working in situations where there's a lot of high stress. And then like, there's this mini stress that's like, oh, I have to go receive an award in front (laughs) of people that I've never met before. And that's just like flashing me back to times in my life where I had to perform under pressure, Mm -hmm. you know, but between the two of us, a lot of people don't know this, but Sarah is the one that has the most formal training and almost never do they ask us both to do things together, even though that's kind of the source of our power. I think anyone (laughs) that knows us knows that we kind of like really help each other um, tell the story of us and each other, I think. Yeah. And so it's always like extra hard for me, but like, like I think people should know that I, I do, I don't like it that much. Um, I would prefer to do things like this. This is much more comfortable for me uh, yeah. talking to someone I know and love and appreciate about things that are important. And I think that might be the same for you too. I don't know. I mean, you, you kind of do a lot of different kinds of press <laughs> stuff and talks. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, I'm not that good at talking words. I feel like my talking words are not as good as your talking words. <laughs> I, always, I always tell people, because I mean, I too do a lot of like speaking engagements. And like now with this show, everyone's like, do you get stage fright? I'm like, I get nervous. Like I get like, not like nervous belly, but my whole like back seizes up. Like when I get really nervous and it's oh, yeah. awful. That sounds um, but terrible. It, but if you know me at all, like, you know, once I hit a stage, I'm like, please, like it's like, it strides. And I think for me, it's always been the last couple of years. It's been like, what's the worst that can happen? If you mess up, you'll probably yeah. never see these people again. Yeah. Or if you do, you can be like, listen, I was brave enough to go up there, which I think says a lot about me. And I feel like people can judge having never been on a stage. Like, so I, I have been like kind of feeling myself of being like, listen, it is really easy to judge when you are watching. It is yes. very hard to judge when you've actually been on that stage. So that is my privilege in all this. Yes. And like, listen, you can say what you want while you're watching me, but until you're up there receiving an award or giving a speech, you have no idea what it is like. So Yeah. I well I like the exactly. thing you said too about like, you know, just it doesn't matter if you go out there and you like epically fail, you know, or whatever, you're probably not gonna see those people again. Like we I have done a lot of improv and Rocky and I used to do a little bit of improv together too. That was really fun. And um one of my favorite people in the world, mentor slash improv coach, Tom Booker, likes to say on stage, give yourself room to suck. And I really like that. It's like, you know, don't, don't stay shrunk to the back of the stage or like over to one corner, like just get out there, give yourself room to suck. You know, like if you suck, it's fine. Who cares? It's over. Like you've gone out there, you've done it. Like the worst that can happen has happened. And then you get to do it again, you know, some other time. Yeah. But yeah, I like, I like give yourself room to suck. I think that's just a good rule for life. Like <laughs> just like allow for failure to take place. It will. It's fine. Yeah. And that's, I was talking to someone else about this a, co- a couple weeks ago. Like everyone's so afraid to fail. Like I, again, price of privilege. I understand that, but I love when I mess up. 
Like, yeah. it is like, I am still human. I still can like learn. Um, my godfather is a pastor. He's always like giving us like little words of wisdom. And he's always like, when you're the smartest person in the room, find a new room. So I take that as like, whenever I mess up, it is a chance for me to like get better, try again, do something new, learn what I, Wait, what like, doesn't work. Like, so I love, I love failure, which is good to say like when I'm currently like doing fine and things, but yeah, right. <laughs> you're not it's in the totally moment different. of failure. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, I mean, it's nice to be able to say from a place of like, yeah, kind of privilege or like a comfortable spot of like things are going well. So like you feel more confident to fail. Like that's absolutely true. There are definitely times where failure might sting a little bit more, but I agree with you. I think like Rocky and I try to kind of have that philosophy in like, life and we're both like super creative and we both have uh uh some ADHD <laughs> and so we like to start lots of projects some of them get completed some of them don't some of them fail and some of them succeed but we like to just you know let it let it happen how it will and like see what we can learn from it like you said yeah Okay, tell us a little bit more about you, Sarah. I feel like I know so much about Rocky, but you are like this elusive little butterfly I have to like figure <laughs> out. So, oh God, am I? Okay. Uh, Rocky made a note here about like coaching and careers. So, like, give us give us the whole rundown on like what you do, who you are, your oh, projects. All right, all right. <laughs> um, so, me. So, uh, oh gosh. Okay, well, currently I am. Um, I'm a stylist. I'm a personal stylist and uh, hair and makeup artist. Um, I have my own styling business here in the Austin area called Swoff, S-W-O-F-F. <laughs> and um, I uh, serve like all bodies, all genders, um, but I definitely have a special focus in my business for the LGBTQPIA plus community and um, people, especially uh, women and femme presenting people uh, in fat bodies or plus size bodies. Um, so yeah, like that's kind of, that's kind of my thing right now. I'm kind of in a weird place with this whole uh, coronavirus, um, COVID-19 situation. Uh, so I have two studios currently in Austin, Texas, one at Autonomy Movement, which we kind of mentioned before. That's amazing. And then um, another one uh, just in North Austin. But um, as this kind of COVID thing and coronavirus, whatever it has gone on, I've had to close both of my studios temporarily, um, and it's been it's been a real shift, uh, like in my business. I was kind of feeling um, a bit of a shift anyway from like what my clients were asking for. A lot of my clients were um, coming in and they were really enjoying like the you know hair, makeup, personal styling services, but they were really asking me for more. Um, a lot of people like to kind of use their uh, styling sessions is almost like a form of coaching or dare I even say the word therapy. I am not a therapist. Let me be super clear. I have wonderful, lots of wonderful, great resources if you are looking for therapy. But uh, all that to say, um, that was kind of already, you know, kind of bringing up something for me the last uh, year or so with my business. And then I also had spent the last year and a half, um, being one of the primary caregivers for my grandmother um, as she was uh, dealing, battling pancreatic cancer. 
So um, kind of going through a lot of different changes there in the business and all that to say that um, between listening to my clients and now this current environment that we're in, I decided to kind of make some changes. And this is the first time I'm really like talking to anyone about it in public. Exclusive. Exclusive. Exclusive swirl baby <laughs> details being dropped here. Well, the, the vulnerable tea time, you know? <laughs> Uh, but I am looking to, um, eventually, hopefully within the next six to eight months, add coaching to my business repertoire. And I'm, uh, going to be doing uh, love relationship and sex coaching, hopefully. So I'm kind of starting to just kind of tease that to get people excited about it. Um, Rocky and I already have some experience uh, doing some couples workshops together. We do a workshop series we call Bays and BFFs. Um, and it's really focused on uh, like couples and connection, but also like friendship connection as well. So um, kind of dipping our foot into that in the last couple of years and all of those things, and like I said, all the changes we're all kind of going through, all these growing pains sort of led me to this place. And I have an amazing mentor and educator that I'm studying with now. Uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm going. So I'm still I'm still planning to continue with the uh, personal styling services, um, especially um, and, you know, weddings, event styling, things like that. But I'm really excited to kind of explore this new world of coaching um, later on, starting later this year. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of about me. I rambled forever. Oh, that's, that's so great. And also, like, I want to point out that, like, anyone who goes to, like, a barber or a hairdresser or any of that, you know that that person ends up, like, being your, like, sort of therapist right like they know so much about you as you're like right? sitting in the chair getting your hair washed like it's just such a like an intimate thing of like you just can't yeah. help but like be like let me tell you what happened and blah 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 and it's just like it's like a third party person who just only sees you like every two to three weeks <laughs> you have to like catch up on things so I think that is like totally the same thing you're you're uh you're a chair therapist is what i'm gonna call it yeah uh, right yeah your hair think- you're a hairathist we're gonna think of, i think i'll think of something we'll think of- <laughs> yeah, a therapist yeah therapist. we'll think uh, of something we'll, we'll work on it we'll, we'll workshop we'll workshop yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh i i think yeah people people love to love to divulge all kinds of things when they're in the chair and i like to say that my my studios or my chair is like vegas like what happens here whatever (laughs) you tell me it stays here (laughs) that's so great um also to backtrack can i ask how both how old the two of you are oh yeah yeah i am 32 i just celebrated my 32nd birthday on march in march uh early march so yeah i'm pisces baby (laughs) my fellow pisces yes queen yes (laughs) i'm 37 and i was born in december so i'm a sagittarius did not know that both of you were in your 30s oh yes legit wouldn't have guessed past 28 oh wow in the time that i've known y'all i was like there's no way they're like over 28 like okay i need a minute for that hold on oh my god thank you rocky no idea rocky gets that all the time people always they are just flabbergasted but you know he's just got that beautiful baby face i know know. okay i'll try and think what else i know y'all made the comment well let me backtrack for a minute um melanie was a guest um I can't think of Melanie's last name right now. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Melanie, Dyer. 
Yes, thank you. I was like, what is today? Um, have you considered therapy? But, but have you considered but have you therapy? therapy? Yes. And she was on talking about autonomy as well, autonomy movement. Yeah. So like, how did y'all get involved with that? Because I think that's, I haven't been, but I've heard so many people love it and it's been so beneficial to their lives. So yeah, if, a little bit about how y'all got involved in that. Yes, that is a, a direct credit to Mel, uh, who introduced us to the wonderful founder um, and owner, Kim, Kim of yeah. Autonomy Movement. And uh, all of that information is online. We, I started there as a massage therapist, which is the, the basic thing I've been doing for a, a while since we started Sarah's business. Uh, I've been a massage therapist, taking clients. Um, and then you started doing And then training. I started doing personal training there. Got that when we were taking care of grandma because we were out of the state. And I, we started realizing at the same time that we needed something, something coaching based uh, yeah. because of, you know, licensure issues. So um, Melanie actually called me, Mel called me when, like probably a few weeks before we left for our, our trip to Atlanta and was like, I no, know no, this no, place. No. It, was, it was a while ago. No, then. that wasn't, but that wasn't that far back. Okay. It was like, well, probably early 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> I know of this place uh, called Autonomy Movement. You have to like talk to these people about this. It's like a health at every size, uh, inclusive, mirrorless studio. You got to go in here. Um, they're really looking to find uh, diverse people to teach classes, train them on doing certain types of classes. And so I took the training. But when I talked to Kim, she was like, I want both of you, like, tell me what both of you do. And I was like, oh, well, this is what we think we want to do for the, like our community and our, our target market. And she was like, yeah, like, let's talk. And so her and Sarah started talking and that's how we kind of both ended up working there. Um, but th thankfully to Mel, she just kind of knew that she needed to connect us with our kind of people, I think. Yeah. That were just people that um, thought about things a little differently. Like what I love about autonomy is like, there's a, a single shower stall like gender neutral stall that you can shower in and there's single use restrooms it's just a little bit more attentive about things like that it's just that as a, as a person who has to care about those kind of things mm -hmm. i find that um a place like autonomy that designs its like opens its doors designed for everyone mm -hmm. is a really future style model like there's so few places that do it in this exact way um and it's just a fun place to work out i teach uh, a class there wednesdays at noon now we went virtual we made that switch it's because of autonomy i'm able to still work because it was just that right situation where we all pulled our resources together we we pulled our minds together and we all started telling our, our networks about this wonderful place and now people are coming and working out with us now they're working out with me online um, Sarah is taking clients in there and we're kind of seeing how this all works, you know, it's, it's very new to us though. Cause we've never really run our brand like this alongside another brand. And this is all like stuff we teach ourselves, you know? Um, but I love working there because it just gets me in front of, I, I got to do this like trans wellness takeover thing for it without youth that I just like, I didn't work with Cassidy and like, uh, Wes and just like came up with this brilliant, cool way to open up a gym space and let people come in there and just be in community and that kind of flexibility that autonomy offered just really allows us to build out these ideas even better yeah autonomy like kim has done such a great job i think of um really making like uh community programming one of her 
you know, one of the things that she really, like, hangs her hat on and really, um, you know, a huge pillar of her business. Like, mm. she really wants to serve lots of communities. She also uh, works very closely with um, eating disorder recovery groups and things like that. So it's just, it's a super welcoming space. Um, if you've ever had, if you've ever been in a group, um, you know, like, a certain group where you just didn't feel that the regular gym or studio fitness studio or wellness studio environment was catered towards you, you know? Um, so I just, yeah, I think that's a really cool thing that she's done to just make people feel very included, you know? Yeah. And, and like she says a lot, she tries to use her privilege to really like put her money where her mouth is, you know, it's like you, you hear a lot of people saying, well, I wish there was a space for this. I wish there was a space for that. And, um, you know, she was like, sometimes you just have to make it yourself. I, I also love that it's, um, as I'm sure Mel talked about, like, uh, Melanie, uh, autonomy is, run by mental health professionals as well. So that kind of aspect of it is so different from the traditional wellness studio or gym or, you know, uh, kind of type place because it's really thinking about, you know, your mental and emotional health as equally as important as any kind of physical health. And also just like the health at every size model that is like, you know, outward appearances do not equate to actual physical health so you know just all those things we yeah. love we love autonomy we love the messaging um and like rocky said like it was it was a new opportunity for us with with swath with our um our wellness and styling business um to be able to just really like have this great partnership with autonomy um so you know we still keep our independence as our own business but it was just a really nice meeting of the minds in that yeah. way <laughs> Yeah, and we had some really cool things planned before this whole course. Yeah. Happened, so, you know, we had just launched our first workshop. That went brilliantly. It was just like there was going to be some really cool stuff. But I think that's on the other side of all of this, uh, which is, again, something to look forward to. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think what's so be like great about living in Austin is like the morale around community, right? Like, all these people coming together, seeing a need for so many. Um, and then also like in response to like being in social distancing and quarantine and COVID, like I feel, I felt like the Austin community has done a lot to rally around each other, like from people donating food to like um, the give back initiative, which a friend of mine started with another friend of hers. Um, and it's helping nonprofits find people who are in need of a job. And so it's like, you can go online and be like, I can do blah, blah, blah. And our nonprofit can be like, we need someone to do like data entry. And like, they'll match that person with the nonprofit and they can make a couple, like almost a thousand dollars a week, like helping awesome. people have an income during this. And it's just like that whole like Austin strong thing is really big and like helping to keep all these small businesses alive. Um, one of my favorite coffee shops um, was I had like a GoFundMe to help like keep their employees employed and so I was like listen I was gonna spend this on coffee anyway I can just donate the money and give it to them so yeah I mean I, I just think about how many people and then like also like Matthew McConaughey doing a lot of stuff around making yeah. sure like everyone's staying safe and like celebrities who live here like there's a lot of people who take a lot of pride in living in Austin and I think that really shows like the partnerships that just kind of come organically so mm -hmm. oh, I think that is beautiful um, I think that is a good place to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about 
family and being in relationship as people part of the community. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Still here with our dear friends, Rocky and Sarah. Um, I would love to start talking about like the two of you, your relationship, um, a little bit about like your goals of like starting a family, adoption, all that sort of stuff, because it's in your show notes. And I know that was one of the things we want to talk about. And I'm very excited to talk to a couple about this versus all my single friends. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, where, where would y'all like to start with that? Um... Well, we're super excited to talk to you about it. Rocky mentioned that he listened to an episode where you talked a little bit about uh, adoption and family stuff. So I'm excited to like pick your brain too. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it helps, I can give you some background on like where I come from about yes, adoption. Please, please. Um, um, so for those of you who have listened for a while, uh, my you will know that my mom passed when I was 15. Uh, my parents were married for years. Um, I was the only kid my parents had. Uh, my mom had cervical cancer twice, once when I was in fourth grade, and then she passed from it when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, so I was the only kid she was ever able to have. Uh, my parents did try to adopt, but it just like never worked out. Um, my mom was one of, well, is one of five. My dad's one of three. Um, and then my godparents who are like my second set of parents, um, my godmother is one of four and my godfather's like one of six or seven. I can wow. keep count. It's too many. Um, <laughs> and then my godparents have four kids. So like, I'm sort of adopted ish. Like I was with them always forever. Um, and then when my mom passed away, I lived with them like on the weekends and such, um, just to kind of like give my dad a break here and there. Um, and then after... I graduated college. I nannied for this family. I had always like done babysitting since I was like 15 or 14. And when I turned, when I started doing like my actual career, I was working full time um, in social work and then also like on the weekends doing some nannying, babysitting. And then I ended up working for this family for four or five years. When I started, their youngest was three, and when I left, she was seven. It's so like four, four years. Wow. Um, and ugh, those kids, like, I still talk to them, like, every day. Like, yeah. she's, the youngest is, I have, like, her fourth, no, her third grade photo on my refrigerator. Like, I'm looking at it right now. Uh. She's not that small <laughs> anymore. Um, but so, like, with me, I have always been this person of, like, family doesn't always mean blood. And I think I really learned that when my dad and I stopped talking, um, I was 18. Um, from the time I was 18 to like 24, 25, my dad and I didn't speak to each other at all. And so for a long time, it was me making my own family. And so by the time when I came out, I had moved to Austin already. I was 26. Um, I had told my godparents and my dad that I was somewhere on the queer <laughs> rainbow <laughs> walk of life. Um, and with me, I was very much okay with them all being like, we don't accept you. Like my godparents already have a kid that is gay. And then I'm not like their actual quote unquote real kid. So I was like already preparing to like be distant. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's cause like I had such a good support in my friends that I was like, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'm a lucky one and my family's like, we love you. We want you to be happy. doesn't matter to us who you're with as long as they treat you well, which is a very moving thing. And I'm very fortunate. Um, So now it's not everyone's story. Um, So with me in my background and then also like knowing that my mom, my mom had cervical cancer, then uterus, then uterine cancer, and then it turned into leukemia. Mm. My dad had colorectal cancer that spread to his lungs and then my mom's dad my maternal grandfather had brain cancer so I'm very much like what's not chance (laughs) passing on genetic makeup like that um and then also like I don't have a regular period and they don't know why like we've done all these tests and there's nothing that's come back yet so with me I've been for a while from like the time I was like 22 really like quote unquote given up and like having my own baby um, and being okay with that, like also like with knowing that I'm queer and that, you know, I might not end up with someone who could even get me pregnant that like, I'm, I have a lot of love to give that I'm like, I will love any baby that you give me. I have baby fever constantly. And then also like, not <laughs> at all. Like I will, I am the person who like volunteers to babysit a newborn. Like yeah. I love it. My yes. sister, my younger sister has three kids. And so her oldest is my godson. He just turned 11. But like from the day he was born, I was like, you could just like, I'll come over. Like you sleep. (laughs) What do you need? Um, And she, so when I moved, she had twins the year before I moved and I was leaving. She was, "Um, you can't leave me. (laughs) Our whole family lives here. She goes, yes, but you're the one who will always volunteer to watch the kids. Um, So yeah, I mean, I've just always been that like go-to babysitter for everyone. I've just always loved kids. So like with me, I've always like for the last couple of years been thinking about adoption. Um, but also with this caveat of living in Texas and, you know, there's always these awful laws in place that will deny or could deny um, people in our community a baby because of who yeah. we love. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's been a really big thing on my mind the last couple of years. I don't plan on adopting a kid for like five to 10 years. Um, just cause I feel like I am not in a space to do so yet. I want to be able to like <laughs> give, be willing to give up all the things I do to take care of a kid. And I'm currently not in that space to be being a parent is the most selfless thing you can do. Yeah. Um, and I take that very seriously and I'm just like, I'm not there yet. I mean, God forbid something happened. I would totally like take my nephews, but I'm like down that line, right? Like there's, <laughs> there's still space. Um, yes. but yeah, I've just, I've, I've always seen myself being a mom. Um, I've always been super excited for that. Like I was on my last episode, I talked to my friend Sam of like, I've always seen myself being a parent. I haven't seen myself as being a long-term partner, which was a whole different discussion for a whole different day. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I I feel like when the time is right, uh, I will become a mom um, and it will probably be through adoption. That's so awesome. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thank you for sharing all that. We, yeah. um, I'm learning so much about you and <laughs> it's crazy. We have so much more in common than I realized. Uh, my dad actually passed away when I was 15. So a sophomore in high school. Oh, wow. Um, so that's kind of similar, very different circumstances, of course. And, but yeah, uh, that was similar thing for me. And also I was a nanny for many years too. And I worked in childcare. My first jobs were childcare related. So I totally relate. I've had baby fever forever. Um, but then at the same time, like you said, like, I mean, I'm 32, obviously I have not been in a rush because I'm like, I'm like you, I like, it's the most selfless thing you can do. And I feel very selfish right now still. And we talk about that a lot. We both feel like really 
selfish still. And, um, not that that's a bad thing at all. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's just, you know, we know there's certain things we want to accomplish, but like you were saying with the adoption thing, like being in Texas, there's definitely some barriers there, you know, us being, um, uh, a queer trans couple, um, me being a queer woman, Rocky being a trans man, that kind of can cause some adoption, you know, things to be a little bit harder there. And then also uh, another thing that, um, another challenge is there's a lot of places that will actually deny you based on your BMI, based on your, (laughs) yeah, they will. What? Yes, there are um, lots of adoption agencies that will not let you adopt a child if your BMI is within a certain range, which um, I believe, and a lot of people believe this, that BMI is bullshit. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not real. It was- Not at all. Yeah, it's, it's absolute crap. It's fake science. People might come for us on this, and that's fine. You can come for us. We also have receipts, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I too am very anti-BMI. Like, it's not real science. It was made years ago. Like, it, there's, I, they can come for me too, because I'm right there with you. It's high key racist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's racist. It's sexist. Yeah. yeah, It's it's everything. Yeah. So BMI is bullshit, but, um, but yeah, there are some, even some barriers there, um, you know, potentially, uh, which is, you know, just ridiculous, um, for so many reasons. Um, and then also like when we started kind of looking into like even international adoption, uh, versus like domestic adoption, there's a lot of issues because we're an interracial couple. Um, so it's so surprising, um, especially like, and then kind of going back to the trans thing, what's surprising about that is like, that's all over the board too, depending on who you talk to. Like, there are some places that say, yeah, it's no problem at all. Um, And other places that say, oh, well, it's no problem now, because now on paper, you guys look like a hetero couple. Um, So that's fine. As long as nobody knows. Depending on which documents they look at, how far back they go and things like that. And that exists for everybody, you know? Yeah. And then them saying, and then there's some people that say, well, if we go back far enough and we like, basically you have to out yourself mm. as uh, trans, you know, to, to do certain things the proper way or whatever. And then they can deny you based on that. So, I mean, that, that whole thing is really crazy. Um, I think like we have heard from some people that we love and care about uh, in Austin, that there are other programs um, in the area that are more inclusive. Um, so we definitely want to look into that, but also kind of like you were saying with like the period stuff, I just pretty recently got like a more confirmed diagnosis of PCOS. It had kind of been suspected for a while, but yeah, that's definitely something that we talk about, um, too. It's like, do I even know if I'm going to be able to carry a pregnancy uh, or get pregnant and then carry a pregnancy. Also, I was born three months premature. And when you're a very super preemie like that, you have a higher chance of having a premature um, birth. And so all those things definitely factor in too. But, um, but all that to say that like, we're definitely in a place where we're talking about it a lot more. Like we're looking into all the options. Um, 
Something I thought was interesting, though, that I wanted to get your opinion on, Brie. Um, my sister asked us recently, and we thought this was an interesting question. Uh, she was like, well, you know, if you did go, like, did pursue a pregnancy, um, and then, what? okay, whatever, like, you, you get pregnant, <laughs> that happens. How do you feel, how do you guys feel about bringing a kid into the world with, like, the state of the world and she said this before mm. uh coronavirus outbreak she was mostly talking about like environmentally um kind of how would we feel uh you know being parents in a world where global warming is so horrible mm. <laughs> and real and like a present danger um my response our response to that was like you know we have a lot of hope that well one we probably would you know, really only plan on having one or two children. We kind of like the idea if we're going to have kids or, you know, create more kids, basically, that we would not want to create more than what would replace us. Um, we wouldn't want to put like an extra burden on society. Not that anyone, not that we think people are doing that. It's just a personal. Children are a burden. No. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. JK. But, um, yeah, if we were just going to create more kids, we probably wouldn't create any more than one or two. Yeah. Um, but also, I think, you know, Rocky and I are just really, like, positive, hopeful people. And, like, I think we're really hopeful that, you know, however our family comes together, it will be, we'll be able to support our kids into, our kid or kid into becoming, you know, the adult that they want to be and the person they want to be. And maybe they'll be able to do great things in this world, you know? So I think we're very hopeful that like, you know, just having a family will be a, a nice, good thing that we put into the world, not, you know, but, but what do you think? How do you feel about all of that? Like, uh, um, heavy stuff, right? <laughs> but good, good. That's how we're all here. Um, I am very interested in climate change. So yeah. For me, this has been something really close to me. Um, my old roommate and I used to talk about this all the time because um, she too is really a big proponent of of adoption over having your own kids. Yeah. This is something I've I've thought about in passing. Um, I, for me, being without telling too many people's business, um, when my mom got pregnant, she was not with my dad. Um, and I think about that a lot of like, if she didn't decide to have me. So I'm very much a person of like, if you, if you choose to, if you have the ability to get pregnant and get pregnant and decide to keep your baby, um, that is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. so I, I, I think if I were to get pregnant and it wasn't like a high risk pregnancy and everything was going to be okay. I mean, that's like something you don't know when it happens, but like, you know, doctors and all other things. Um, I, I, I have not given up on having a baby. So I feel like I would totally have my baby. Um, yeah. Just because also like, there's a lot of like sentimental things for that for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I think I would, I think what I have what I have thought was if I get pregnant, I think I would only get pregnant once and still adopt a baby, like adopt mm -hmm. another kid. And by baby, I mean 
while I love little littles, I also want to adopt older kids. Like having yeah. a social work background, I'm just very much like, I know what it's like to feel abandoned. I know what it's like yeah. to feel like no one will really want you. Um, so I've always thought about adopting older kids and siblings. So I feel mm-hmm. like that also I have to like bring into that conversation. Um, so I don't know. I think I think I would have a baby and adopt a baby if the option of a baby uh, presented itself. Um, but I don't think I would have more than one kid only because I'm very selfish and I feel like I couldn't be pregnant more than once. I get very uncomfortable and yeah. I have no pain tolerance, like none. Like Oh, <laughs> honey, zero. I relate. I'm like, I, I have friends, so many friends that have given 100% natural birth for a while. I even, I did not complete the training, but I was training to be a doula. I have so much respect for the birth process, the even the pregnancy process. I just, I think it's magical, beautiful, wonderful, but honey, I want all the drugs. I want all the drugs. <laughs> if I'm going to do it, like give me all the drugs, maybe even just knock me out. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I think about my younger sister who had her three kids. Her, her oldest was a 10 pound baby. Then she had twins and both twins were over seven, eight pounds and she what? had them all naturally. Yep. And my sister is tiny. What, what, man, what a, what a wonderful surprise though, to have such healthy twins. I mean, God, like, like by like month. So she was, she was due in August by like April, May, like you need to be on bed rest. Like she was so huge, like yeah, to the point, like, you're, like you, you literally cannot move. And then they were like, we have to induce you. Like your hands are so big. Oh my um, God. But I'm always like, okay, thank goodness we're adopted. Cause that means I genetically am not <laughs> going to have twins. Um, but it's funny. Cause like, she had twins. We have brothers who are twins. Skipped wow. our mother's generation, but our grandfather was a twin. So wow. like, so my older sister is like, I can't risk getting pregnant. What if I have twins? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm always like, this is the one time in life. I'm like, Haha, not me. Not um, me. But yeah, no, I I commend people who have children who give birth to babies. I'm just like, because oh I've my- also like we have too much in common. I've also thought about being a doula or a midwife. Like that was like yeah. my first like career dream. Yes. And I was like, I can't be a doctor. That's too much school, but right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can totally go do this. Like, as I'm also like a really big proponent of like, it takes a village, right? Like you have to yeah. like being a mother is like, just like watching my friends who have become mothers. And then like the woman in my family and like aunts and all the things like just watching people around taking care of children and people who take care of children who aren't their own kids I'm just like I could cry about it like I think it's the most beautiful thing so I'm just always like yes. kudos but uh yeah to answer your question I I think if I was able to have one kid and know that I could have one kid I would um I too am hopeful um and the fact that maybe someone will have an answer to global to climate change and global warming and you know I was actually talking to a friend today of like how much our environment has changed over COVID like yeah there's actually you can actually like see mountains in India that have been blocked by smog for years and like the ozone layer is closing animals in in Canada like swimming back into harbors that they haven't been in in like a hundred years like the world is changing because humans have to sit still and so I'm really hopeful that like we as a society, as humanity can take these notes of like sitting still and like essentially like minding our business and getting out of nature's way and just being like in awe of it again. Um, will actually show us a lot of things. Like I know a lot of companies now are talking about like working from home because it lowers travel and accidents and emissions and all these other things that I'm just very much like, yes. So 
Also, quick sidebar and shameless plug, support public transportation, yes. <laughs> carpool as much as possible, yes. um, all the things. So yeah, that to, to long-windedly answer your question, that's my answer. Yeah, we, uh, we feel like, again, so many overlaps, but yeah, we feel similarly, like we would love to, if we're, if we're, if we decide to attempt a pregnancy and that works out, I think that'll be really wonderful and amazing for our family. Um, and then, you know, if the adoption thing works out, I think that would be amazing. But yeah, I think in like a perfect world, I think it would be awesome to, um, definitely be able to adopt at some point, no matter what we do, uh, with the pregnancy stuff. Um, because like you said, like, you know, any, I, I think, I just think like Rocky and I both know intimately what it is like to feel rejection or feel abandonment or, um, you know, hurt in that way. And I just think it would be no problem at all for us to love any child that came into our life, however they came into our life. Like, and, you know, we've talked a lot about too, even with the pregnancy thing, like, you know, if we went down that road, that seemed like that was going to be the best option for us. And I couldn't use my eggs or whatever. Like, we're not, I don't have a problem with that. You know, if, if pregnancy was still the answer, but I needed to do a, if we needed to do like a, um, what's it called? The, um, you can adopt, uh, Embryo. embryo thank you embryo adoption yeah you can you can actually adopt people's embryo or you can get like egg donation sperm donation of course um and then do the whole IVF thing but yeah you can actually adopt like fertilized embryos too so yeah. what's interesting to me as a trans person I think is that for a long time I thought that I would be the thing that hindered or caused all this extra stuff to have to happen for my partner when mm. the story of family came up but in fact a lot of this work like I think I saw something that said I don't know if this is true is this true I don't want to quote what? something the, that a trans woman gave birth with a uh, oh no no that's not uh, they, there is, there is science now that they're looking at that they're implant, yeah, implanting yeah. uterus, um, in somebody that doesn't have one, or if their uterus was like damaged, they had to have a hysterectomy and they're looking at pregnancies. My point being, Coming I guess, <laughs> to say that I just, it's amazing the space, the, the space trick amount of things that are, that is happening right now in reproductive, uh, just like all of it, efforts, all yeah. Of, all of that mm -hmm. is really, really beautiful science. It's happening to allow families to be able to build the way that they would like. And I also think that something that we keep coming back to is this idea of older children. Yeah, we talk a lot about especially that. children that might be in transition or might be a member of the community that might have been kicked out from their living situation. The, to me, that speaks so, I think mm. to both of us, especially with yeah. the history we've had in our own relationship and finding acceptance and love from our families and as young queer people and seeing what happens now, I think it'd be so lovely to open our home. And like you said, to, like one, just, you know, one child we had, but one we, we bring in in that way um, to, to kind of change the, the trajectory of that. Um, what might otherwise happen for, for children in that situation. That, to me, speaks to me so much lately, especially. Um, yeah. I never thought of myself as somebody that might have, like, a big big family or um, do any of this. But, like, I'm in a new place now, you know? Yeah. Um, with it, and it's, you know, so it's just an interesting an interesting thing that we can talk about all this stuff. And family planning is, I think, it, it, you know, 
a lot of people think that trans people is you want to assimilate in the cis society and that you know that we just want everybody to see us as just like everything else but it's like no i mean this is a very unique situation this is a very unique agreement that sarah and i have made uh she made choices to be with me and i made choices to be with her and like this is a very uh one of the most assimilating type feelings this family planning thing i think i've i've had since our wedding you know yeah but, uh, I think it's so interesting that we're all kind of having this combo, you know, uh, something we can all um, agree on maybe, yeah. but, you know, talk about as, as relationships go. I will say too, on the note of uh, assimilation or whatever, there have been people that have asked us before about like, oh, well, you know, with me having the PCOS diagnosis and maybe some trouble with my eggs or whatever, they're like, well, why wouldn't you just, you know, use an egg from Rocky or whatever? And first of all, not only has he been on HRT for years, so that's, you know, significantly altered any kind of chances there. Second of all, too, I think people really don't understand, first of all, that like the egg retrieval process is very difficult, um, very expensive and very dangerous. Um, and then also besides that, it's like, I mean, that's a lot to put on anybody, any person that uh, produces eggs. That's a lot to ask of anyone. But, like, adding to that the dysphoria, mm -hmm. the discomfort, the, like, mental and emotional pain, as well as the physical pain that would come from that for him, like, I just, you know, if that works for your family, that's awesome. That's, like, so amazing. And I think that's, I think it's fantastic how many um, LGBTQIA plus couples and especially like trans people are figuring out new ways to build their family. But I do think that it also deserves to be said that like that isn't for everybody. And those are really hard, really expensive, really painful and challenging things for a lot of people. So I think to just kind of for people to sort of be flippant, like, well, why wouldn't you just do this right. or just do that? Like, it's not that simple. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't, want Rocky to go through that um unless he really wanted to which he doesn't <laughs> so like again yeah, there's a lot of trans men that do want to yeah to get pregnant in this way or to have or to donate their egg yeah, or whatever to have children this way but uh, I'm not really there and oh last last sidebar and then I'll stop okay. I promise uh, but I just wanted to mention too like during all this um during the coronavirus situation too like uh, there's a lot of people right now, like, that are actively trying to, you know, work on their fertility journey or work on their building their family journey. And a lot of that has, like, had to be shut down right now. And we just have such a sensitive spot in our hearts for people like that because there are so many people out there that have been waiting so long. And then all this happened and they're, like, they've had to put a pause on their yeah. family planning stuff. And so I just wanted to kind of, like, you know shout that out for a second and just be like yeah. you're not alone like we feel that like we see that I mean we're not at that place in our journey so we don't understand exactly what it's like but we, our hearts just go out to people that have had to kind of put their stuff on hold yeah I think today or this week is like national like infertility awareness week so oh, I also wow. like yeah so the day today when we're recording it is um but yeah like a friend of mine um her and her husband have been trying to get pregnant for years um they got pregnant in January which is fantastic Yay! Um, but now like she can't have a baby shower and like yeah. all these other things. So it's like this very bittersweet thing of like not yeah. how she, how she planned it to be. Um, but also like she's excited to finally be able to be a mom in that way. So I also yeah. think about that too, of like the people who 
have gone through this and now are at the the beautiful end of this rainbow golden pot or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and now it's here and it's just, my heart goes out to that too. Like everyone who, has, who was expecting a baby and now is just like not what they expected it to be. So. We have several pregnant friends going through that too. And our heart just breaks for them. They're, they're all being fucking champions. Like I can tell you right now, bitch, I would have 14 virtual baby showers. I'd be like, <laughs> get on my amazon let's do this like, that's what i said to her i was like what if we like just send you gifts or send you yeah. gift cards or we do like a virtual party like everyone yes. else is so yeah i feel like i feel like this is put into perspective of like all the things in life that need to be celebrated and like how trivial like some other things are and just yeah. like you know connecting to those you can connect with and like just sending out good vibes and just sending out like all the love right now in this very hard time so yeah you're so right yeah well Y'all, uh, that's all I had on my notes. Anything else you want to plug as we start to wrap it up? I'll be sure to link everything that we talked about in the show notes, all your Instagram, all your, all the things. Y'all do so much. I'm like, whew, I'll just be yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> We give everyone whiplash. We, we give ourselves whiplash. We don't know what we're doing half the time, girl. All the things. I think it's important to note that Sarah and I started sharing our story because we wanted to be able to talk about things like this, get this information out. We hope that people can find not only some information through us, but also through all the things that we try to involve ourselves in. Community care is huge, not only for Sarah uh, individually and myself individually, but as a brand. And we're still working on what that really means for us, but we have a lot of great things planned for everybody. Yeah. And we did we did this podcast, I think, specifically because we are. I'm I'm a huge fan of yours. I know Sarah is too. Um, I knew yes. y'all had all this in in common. Uh, and you know, I just I really think you, I I really love the work that you do. I love. Um, the level of professionalism that you've brought just to our little community yeah, uh, absolutely. over time. It's so impressive to work. You are goals uh, for me personally. Thank you for contributing <laughs> to my success. Uh, I can say that like with, without a doubt, this is just so much fun. I love getting, seeing y'all get to know each other better. Thank you so much for having us and please follow us on YouTube and stuff. Like <laughs> we can really use the support. We're trying to get some stuff off the yeah. ground. It'd be great for people to come support us. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, I'm not going to cry. Woo. Oh, <laughs> that was so kind. I love y'all. This was so beautiful. And post quarantine, we're going to get together and just squeeze each other and hang out and do all the fun things. And yeah. can't wait. Yes, Absolutely. Okay. Rocky, as you know, I wrap every show with a question. What is the best advice you were ever given? Or what's a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? And both of you can answer. So Ooh, you start, baby. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> a piece of advice I give to my younger self. Or some great advice that you were given at some point. Oh, yes. Uh, some great advice that I continue to be given. I'll start. With, I'll just say that one. Some great advice I continue to be given, especially as a young Black trans leader that's not so young, but still, <laughs> still learning a thing or two about uh, uh, organizing in this work and how, how much comes to it is, uh, I have value. Um, so I'll say it in this way. You have value. Um, people would tell me that all the time. I haven't started taking it to heart until recently. And what that means for me building uh, something that I can build a family on. So you have value uh, and tap into that immediately uh, is my biggest, biggest advice that I keep hearing from the universe. And I want to spread that through. I like that. Uh, so, uh, man, I, 
I have been given so many great little nuggets of wisdom. And right now my brain is uh, like swimming. So I can't remember too many good ones. But I know uh, one thing my aunt has always told me that I feel like has really helped me. And I've shared this with a lot of people. Um, you always have options. And my aunt, uh, when she told me that, she told me that when I was really young, um, kind of like, Oh, right before high school and then into high school age, you know, um, a lot of things seem so serious. A lot of things seem like there's, they're never going to get better, um, or you have no way out of them or whatever. And she just, she constantly reminded me, like, you always have options, you know, there's, there's always like, you got to trust your heart. You got to trust your gut. Um, but you know, you, you always have choices. Like you don't, you don't ever have to settle for less or settle for something that doesn't feel right with you in your heart. So I don't know. That's, that's my advice. <laughs> good. That's good. Well, again, thank y'all so much. This is thank so good. That's it for this week's episode of the tea with Bree. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the tea with Bree. Send me an email at the tea with Bree at gmail.com and visit the website, the tea with Bree podcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music. And then I will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye.